Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to another episode of Exploring the Quran. Today, I'll be taking you through one of the most beautiful short surahs of the Quran, Surah Wadduha. And I'm going to ask our respected Molana Khurum Rafiq to do the recitation. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Wadduha Wallayli idha saja Ma wadda'aka rabbuka wa ma qala Walal akhiratu khayrun laka minal ula Walasawfa yu'tika rabbuka fatarudha أَلَمْ يَجِدْكَ يَتِيمًا فَآوَى وَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًّا فَهَدَى وَوَجَدَكَ عَائِلًا فَأَغْنَى فَأَمَّا الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ وَأَمَّا السَّائِلَ فَلَا تَنْهَرْ وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثْ صَدَقَ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمُ Jazakallah Mawlana for reading very melodiously and according to Tajweed Surah Ad-Duha Surah Ad-Duha it's one of the earliest Makkan surah. Let me present you its translation from my majestic Quran. I begin with the name of Allah, the kind, the caring. By the brightness of mid-morning, by the darkness of the night, your Lord hasn't deserted you, nor is he displeased with you. Your future will be better than the past, and your Lord will give you so much that you will be well pleased. The second part of this surah is when Allah reminds the Prophet of his past favors on him. Didn't he find you an orphan and sheltered you? Didn't he find you absorbed in divine love and guide you? And didn't he find you needy and made you rich? So don't be harsh with the orphan nor chase away the beggar and speak positively about the gifts of your Lord. What a beautiful consolation and reassurance to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Imam Suyuti, one of the great Mufassir and one of the polymaths of the 16th century, uh, Egypt um, wrote that uh, in his tafsir that uh, this is an early Makkan surah, and there was a time when, for some time, Rasulullah didn't receive any revelation. And this went on for days on end, to such an extent that the nasty gestures and mockers in Makkah uh, began to mock the messenger and tell him, Oh, your Satan has deserted you. Your God has abandoned you. <laughs> well, the Prophet ﷺ was very hurt. He was very upset, one, for not seeing Jibreel and not receiving the revelation. But this mockery hurt him even more. 
And Siyuti says it was then that Allah revealed uh, this surah to console him and to reassure him that nothing of this kind has happened. God has not forsaken you. He's not deserted you. But what is really interesting in this surah, uh, so you can see the Prophet was depressed. The Prophet felt sort of sad there, okay? And you have a question, I, I, I think, is that right? Yeah, I didn't know the prophets went through so much despair and sadness. I can't imagine them hmm. going through all that. Yes, so a, a good question. Do prophets despair and become distraught and distressed and sad? Of course they do. Yes, the Quran constantly is consoling and reassuring what we call tasalli there now, okay? The Quran is constantly giving that consolation to the Prophet sallallahu because he is human being. He is human, but al-insanul kamil, the perfect human being, okay? The wonderful, the Mustafa, the chosen, the mujtaba, the selected. Of course, he has emotions, you know, like human beings. Of course, he has mastery over them as well. But yes, he does get distraught you know, and distressed. We know that in Surah Yusuf, God talks about the husn of Yaqub. His sadness for the loss of Yusuf was so much that he lost his eyesight out of sadness. So yes, yes, prophets can be, uh, be sad. And, and uh, I think the difference would be this, that they're able to cope with it, manage it. And here Allah is actually, this is really interesting, it's a good question you raise, because this surah in many ways is teaching us a four-point strategy to tackle stress. Ah, so I hope, and, and this is one of the reasons why I chose this, because it's really interesting. A four-point strategy to tackle your distress, your distraught, and your sadness, wow. And it's really interesting that, um, well, let me tell you what those four strategies are. You should be able to actually discern them. Well, first one is, what does Allah say? Well, Allah says, مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَلَى Get rid of those negative ideas and thoughts that God has deserted and abandoned you. Never have negative thoughts. مَا Lord has not deserted you. Okay? So the first point is what? Get rid of the negative. Then what should you do? Well, your future is better than your past. Tomorrow is better than yesterday and today. Wow, what a positive way. Your future is better than your past. Your Lord is going to give you so much, you're going to be pleased. You're going to be razi. You are going to be happy. Do you see that? So the first point is, don't, you know, abandon. Don't think that God has abandoned you. Get rid of negative thoughts, negativity. Get rid of that. Secondly, believe and accept that the future is brighter. The future, future is brighter, not bright. It's brighter than now. Today is bright as well, but tomorrow is going to be? I'm going to be better off tomorrow, inshallah, than today. Wow, what a positive. But then this promise, Wala sofa rabbuka, your Lord is going to give you so much that you're going to be pleased, inshallah. Okay. Once you've done that hard work to earn your 
you know, grade A and A star or B in your A levels, inshallah, tomorrow, you know, some of our are going to be wait. Then what will, you know, you're going to be happy. And then the next stage of degree, that's going to be even better. Then the job, then your marriage, inshallah, every step is going to get brighter and Alhamdulillah. So that's, you know, the second way of tackling your negativity. So that in a way, the Prophet is being told, get rid of those negative thoughts. Now think about a bright future. But, you know, I want you to really believe that. What is the evidence for it? Remember your small successes in the past. So Allah reminds the Prophet of his small successes. Well, they're not small, you know. What are those successes of the Prophet? Allah tells him, hey, didn't we find you an orphan and gave you a shelter? We gave you refuge, but not an ordinary home, but the home of Abdul Muttalib, the leader of the Quraysh. Eh? <laughs> we gave you the love, you know, of Abu Talib. Okay? Are, are you with it? And then, you know, the Quran reminds him not of one thing, but then he says, you know, we found you. You were absorbed in divine love. You were immersed, you know, in the contemplation and thinking about how I can get these people out of their evil and wretched ways. How can I bring them out of idolatry? How can I bring them out of the darkness of this lawlessness that I see around me in, 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 in Mecca and in Arabia? How can I do that? You were absorbed in thinking about, we fahada, we showed you the way, how to get out of that, yeah, no? And then another reminder to him, You were poor. <laughs> you were poor and we made you rich through who? Khadija. We married you to the richest woman of Makkah. Oh, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Why do you despair? You should be consoled. Look at those great successes. So, you know, this is the third point. When you're in that state, what do you need to do? Remember your past? Successes, you know, remember when you, did, I don't know whether you remember Hussein, that when you did that 30 meters and you got a certificate for your 30 meter forward breast strokes. <laughs> and then when you did your, uh, you know, 50 meters and so on. Do you remember? You know, amazing successes. But they are successes, aren't they? Mm -hmm. And the Quran is telling us, you know, if you want to come out of the state of distress, despair, follow these, this four-point agenda. First is get rid of negative thoughts. Secondly, remember your future is. You know, that is a, almost as though it's saying this should be your Aqidah. <laughs> as though this should be your belief system that, you know, whatever difficulties I face today, tomorrow is going to be, be better. And it's not, it's not going to last forever. It's telling us something very important. What in maths we call the sine curve. Okay. There are peaks and there are troughs. There are highs and there are lows. There are days of happiness and days of sadness. That is the cycle of life. Get used to it, okay? Good times are going to be just around the corner. And then, you know, after giving this third point about remembering your past successes, it tells him, well, always have goals. Always have? Goals. Think about doing something. That's one of the best ways to get out of your state of distraughtness, sadness. Always have some actions points. And here the Prophet ﷺ is told to do 
three things. It's really interesting. You know, there's this surah, and this is the structure of the Quran. There are threes of everything, okay? So three things you must do. What are the, those three things you must do, Muhammad sallallahu First is, The third point is, remember your past successes in order to come out of that state of distress, sadness, uh, and so the Prophet is reminded about his own childhood, uh, about his adolescence, uh, and about his amazing marriage. Uh, and, and Allah says, He found you poor, in need, and made you rich. And, and that richness came through marriage with Sayyida Khadija al-Qubra, the richest merchant woman of, of, of Makkah. So, you know, the Prophet is reminded. And of course, you know, when you have that kind of history and you know it is, it is something that happened to me, it does give you consolation, you know. So, and, and the third point, uh, or the fourth uh, point for overcoming the stress uh, is that, um, you know, have some clear actions to take. Set yourself, set yourself targets. And the Prophet وسلم, is given three targets to achieve. The first one is uh, So don't be harsh to the orphans. Uh, don't be, um, you know, sadly, uh, in, in, in Makkah, the orphans were not well treated. Um, as sadly, all over the world, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's the story. And, and this is why it's so good to see that Muslim charities uh, here are taking care of orphans. Uh, you know, in really large numbers, mashallah, and people are supporting them. You know, they pay for their uh, upkeep and helping their um, mothers or their relatives to take care of them and to regard them as valuable. Uh, but, you know, Rasulullah sallallahu knew what it meant to be a yatim. Um, and, and perhaps, he, well, he certainly didn't experience the harshness of uh, orphanage because he was looked after by the amazing uh, grandfather Abdul Muttalib and Abu Talib. But still, the lesson is, you know, be kind to those who are most vulnerable in the society. This is the most vulnerable people. You know, you, you've got to be kind to. And then, You know, the questioner, the beggar, the one who comes and asks you for something, don't, you know, uh, don't ignore them. Uh, don't reject them. You know, uh, and, and this is really something very interesting. You know, we live in a society where um, we will only act um, if there is some kind of monetary gain for us. Uh, and, and this has become so much so that even, you know, some of the things that we should be doing out of charity, out of, you know, voluntarily, out of love for humanity, we are now beginning to ask for money for that. You know, we're monetizing almost every aspect of our life. And, and that is really a sad thing. And here we're so told, Whoever asks you for time, give them time. Who asks for help, give them help. I know in, in our materialist, materialistic society, it's a big ask, but that is a sign of people of God, you know. And, and, and the third thing is, you know, remember the gifts of your Lord. Not just remember them in your own head uh, and, and relish them in your heart. 
No, talk, talk about them. Tell others how God has blessed you. And so here, you know, we have this idea of talking about the gifts of Allah, the favors of Allah. You know, sadly, we again forget this, how much God has given us. Were you to count the gifts of your Lord, your numbers will come to end. You will not be able to. They are limitless. Seriously, they are absolutely limitless, those gifts of God. Yeah, no? So, you know, this is the surah in which Allah is trying to raise uh, the, um, the, the emotions uh, of the Prophet. He's trying to bring him out of that state of distress. But look how it begins. Wadduha. What is Wadduha? The mid-morning. So Allah swears by the brightness of the mid-morning. SubhanAllah. This is one of the best times of the day. See, is when you are upset, it's not dark, it's gloomy, it's night. Allahu, can you see that? So he's in that state and by the brightness of the mid-morning, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا سَجَعَ And we swear by the darkness of the night or when, dark, or when, the, dark be, when the night becomes pitch dark. You know, some of the Mufassirin have really done an amazing translation of this. They say, you know, Allah is saying, by the brightness of your face, O Muhammad, it's glowing like the moon, you know, like the full moon, your face bright, is, is bright like Badr Munir, okay? And your beautiful dark locks, <laughs> as though the Lord is, you know, looking down on the beauty of Muhammad sallallahu and saying to him, Ya Muhammad, you're so handsome, you're so bright, you're, you're so beautiful. Look at you, eh? Allahu Akbar. Ma wadda'aka rabbuka wa ma qala. Your Lord has not forsaken you. You know, this is, I hope you can see the, uh, you know, the brightness that this surah is bringing. And, and uh, you know, when I read this, um, I, I, I then read a, an article uh, in which is from a psychologist about how to overcome your stress. Uh, and it's really interesting that they mention these four points. Hmm. Overcome. Subhanallah. Get rid of negative ideas first, okay? Remember your past small successes. Uh, and then uh, always um, 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 so count, uh, look at a, the, the bright future that lies ahead of you and always set a plan of action for yourselves, okay? That is the best way to come out of that state. And subhanAllah, you know, this is, I, I, I think, you know, the miraculous shifa of the Qur'an. You know, when the Qur'an makes this great claim that, what is it? Ya yuhannas ka ja'atkum maw'izatum min rabbikum wa shifa'un lima fi sudur. People, to you has come an amazing divine teaching from your Lord and a medicine for the sicknesses of the heart and mind. Shifa ullima fissadu. Shifa actually means a medicine, you know, a treatment, uh, you know, uh, a balm, a soothing balm, you know. So here, subhanAllah, the, remember, you know, the Prophet's been hurt. His heart has been uh, really injured and, and he's really uh, distraught. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells him, this is how you come out of it. And, you know, this is an amazing uh, way that Allah speaks to the Prophet And of course, who's the recipient of the Qur'an? First, yes, of course, Prophet, but we are also the recipients of the Qur'an. I think we must always read the Qur'an as it is speaking 
to us. You know, the Quran is really speaking to, the Quran is actually speaking to me and you. You know, each one of us is, is, is being spoken to by the uh, Quran. Uh, and so, you know, when we look at uh, the structure of uh, this surah, you know, we see that it opens with oath, okay? And that oath, one is about the brightness of the, um, the morning. Uh, and then I, I also gave you another uh, understanding uh, that it could refer to the beautiful Badre Manir of the Prophet's face. You know, one of the disciples uh, says it was, um, it was a 14th of the month. 14th of the month in, in desert means the moon was shining, okay? The full moon was shining. Uh, and this is actually Abu Huraira. He says, I looked at the face of the Prophet. I looked at the moon. I looked at the Prophet. I looked at the moon. I couldn't tell which was more brighter. <laughs> I couldn't tell which was more brighter, Jana. Which was more beautiful. Which was more radiant, okay? The face of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because he gave light, you know, he, he brought that nur, and, and that is what, you know, the, 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 the Quran is also the light. You know? uh, and then, you know, this idea that Lord does not abandon you. We, you know, we should never feel that we are abandoned by the Lord. Sadly, we forget God, okay? That is our nisyan, that is our own forgetfulness. And this is why the Quran keeps on saying, وَالذَّكِّرْ Remember Allah. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanuzkurullaha dhikran kathira. Believers remember Allah abundantly. Meaning that, you know, we should never forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, Allah doesn't forget us. Okay? Allah doesn't forget us. Okay? Uh, he doesn't abandon us either. What we do is, we sadly put barriers. And, you know, the Quran has come to help us to remove those barriers so that there is no barrier between us and our Lord. Uh, so we can, we can do the dua to him. You know, when my servants you know, ask you about me, where am I? Tell them, I'm very near. I'm near you, okay? Where is the distance? There's no difference. He's not remote. Our God is not remote. God is very near. And he's Karib and he's also Mujib. Mujib means the one who responds, the one who answers, the one who replies, and who answers and replies, the one, one who is one near, secondly, he listens, and thirdly, can actually respond. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that qareeb, he's that mujib. And here, he does that to the Prophet. He listens, and he gives him an amazing solution to the problem that he was facing. You know, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us all uh, to be happy and to have that.